Why niggas? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Niggas is a brand. Allen Houston. Niggas just mean Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What is going on, guys? You are listening to Nickish. You got your boys Mo and Faiz. It is football season, so Sid's a little occupied with that, but that's it's no worries. Uh, we got the season coming up soon, so we'll be hearing more from him later on in the next couple of weeks. First, check out our website, nick-ish.com. We got, we got t-shirts and shorts on sale right now. Uh, it is almost that time of the year where the, the air outside gets a little cooler, but you know you can still keep looking cool with your shorts on. Uh, so Nickish Loyal to the Soul shorts and t-shirts are on sale right now, only on nick-ish.com. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter, Nickish NYC. Now bringing my guy Faiz, what is going on, man? How you feeling this morning? I'm excited. Like, I, like there's two things going on in my life right now, and I can't pick between which one I'm more excited about. Uh, football season is obviously back. Giants play tonight. Sunday night football against the Dallas Cowboys. Divisional rivalry in MetLife Stadium. So, you know, obviously hype about that, but I feel like it's nothing. The hype is nothing compared to how hype I am to bring on this new next guy who's uh, joining Nick Ish, joining us on the pod today. Um, I feel like Mo kind of just like shoveled me and threw me with this daunting task of like uh, hyping up Dean because like it's the man who needs no intro because everyone on Nick's Twitter already knows him. But I feel like I could go on for days and hours about how much work he's put into the Nick's Twitter community, how much he's put in for the NBA community, how much he's just done overall. And, you know, for a lot of people, maybe even with possibly union work, with mental health, like shout out to my guy, Dean. I'm so glad to have him on the Nick podcast, have him part of the Nickish family. And I feel like I didn't do too much justice to him because there's so much more that could be said, but Welcome, welcome to Nickers, Dean. How how are you doing today? Man, that's pretty high praise. What an intro. Um, I'm glad to be right up there with the start of the football season. <laughs> I could garner as much excitement as uh, opening Sunday in the NFL. But I'm so happy to be here. Um, just really glad to be on with you guys and to be part of Nickish. And I love podcasting. I love talking about the Knicks and the NBA. And I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I mean, Faiz basically nailed that intro because we, I, I echo everything that he said, everything that you've been do- doing so far, Dean, and everything that you stand for, and um, we're just proud to have you as a part of the team and looking forward to having you join the podcast and be more involved with the social media side of Nickish. And I think with with you on board, man, the the potential of Nickish is endless. So we're excited to have you on board um and we're we're ready to get it going cuz you you're trying to get into the podcasting game too so this morning we'll get right into it this morning the team USA of FIBA lost against team Canada and are going and coming out of this medal list i think they went in as a favorites and now they're coming out without a medal just uh just some quick thoughts dean from your end on how you feel about team USA uh basically failing this summer well, failure is a strong word. I think that the reason you can you can use the word failure a little bit, though, is that Team USA doesn't build from year to year the same way that other programs do. And you see it. It's so evident in every game. Like Team USA is playing Lithuania or Canada or whoever they're up against. You could tell that there's a chemistry disadvantage. 
and they're the coaches are constantly switching out like we have iconic head coaches greg popovich steve kerr now is running the program um which is a little you know when you see eric spolster there on the staff you wonder why eric spolster is not just front and center not to take a shot at steve kerr i've seen people calling him a, a steph curry merchant recently mm-hmm. um you know could be a little bit of truth to that but yeah i mean I'm glad to see Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart be so heavily featured with Team USA. Um, but when Josh Hart, who's going to come off the bench for the Knicks, is that big a part of Team USA, you wonder about the firepower a little bit. So um, I'd say bronze medal for Canada is a success for the Knicks and RJ Barrett. We've seen players get the FIBA bump coming into regular seasons. Hopefully RJ can have a strong start, which he's not known for um with the regular season but he had 23 points tonight i think 50 uh tonight no, early this morning 50 percent <laughs> from the field he hit the dagger in overtime you saw him celebrating so i'm uh so i'm excited when he got that bronze and uh you know canada beat team usa with with rj heavily featured so that's big for the knicks yeah i mean to your point like i feel like the expectations on rj coming into this fiba like fiba offseason tournament was uh was kind of low because you know you got Shea Gil- Gilgis Alexander on that team and I feel like that's who everyone would thought would be heavily heavily featured which he was to a certain extent but I feel like RJ really did steal the show on Team Canada and I agree with you fullheartedly like coming out with a bronze medal for Team Canada is is, is, a, is, a, is a success because they're up and coming a program in general but man I, I gotta I gotta agree with you where US doesn't have that advantage with with the team chemistry you're, you're definitely right on that and you know they did send their B team, but I still felt like US's B team should be should have been able to handle business against you know these these other teams and whatnot. But I guess you're right. You know the the team chemistry played a huge part of it. Eric Spolstra might have been a better decision to go with because we seen him coach Gabe Vincent and fucking Max Drew. So I think he could have he could have handled these guys. So um, it's it's frustrating to see the US come come out medalist like completely because it's crazy. We were looking at the bronze. We're, we're the potential of coming out with a bronze and we we're disappointed by that coming out with nothing. It's, it's definitely disappointing and a stark contrast to what Americans expect from the U S team in general. And it doesn't help that Jalen Brunson was one of the featured players on that team. Cause everyone's trying to come at him and his defense and Mavs fans are trying to talk shit about Jalen Brunson. Like, come on guys, you guys know if you, if you could have kept him, you'd be pretty fucking excited to have Jalen Brunson on your team. So I still think Jalen Brunson's a star. I still think he's an amazing player. It's just a different style of basketball that the NBA doesn't really like the NBA at the end of the day is, is uh, rewarding players for, you know, drawing fouls and playing that style of basketball. And this is just a stark contrast. So um, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed for sure. Cause you never want to see America lose, but hopefully this is like a redeemed team situation where when the Olympics come around in France, America takes it a lot more serious. Cause I'm, I'm not trying to be at the bottom of this, but I feel like all of this goes to say that Noel Lyle's point on us, like the, the NBA championship not being a world championship is kind of coming to fruition because it's like, yeah, we're really excited. And we're saying if we had the A team of LeBron, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, blah, 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 we'd win. But like at the end of the day, if the play style is different and the whole thing is different than what NBA basketball is like, the other teams, the other teams in the world are, are starting to catch up. These other countries are catching up with basketball. We're seeing like the premier players in the NBA, the faces of, of the NBA, like um Nikola Jokic, who just won his championship, Jamal Murray, who's from Canada, Giannis, who's one of the premier players. He's from uh from Greece, you know. So like 
other teams are starting to catch up with us so this idea that the nba championship is the world championship i get it we we're the ones who like made basketball look as beautiful as it did but these other teams are starting to catch up and i think the us should be more interested in making its mark against these other teams we don't want to look weak in my opinion yeah yeah i think team usa should take international basketball a little bit more seriously i definitely do um player development in other countries has been known to be a bit ahead of what it is in the United States. I mean, look at Kobe, look at Kobe growing up in Italy and the footwork and what, and what that ended up doing for him. And you were mentioning foreign players who are at the top of the league, reigning MVP, Joel Embiid also like a lot of the Luka Doncic, a lot of the best players in the NBA are not American. And in fact, most of them, most of the top five guys. I still feel like that Noah Lyles thing is not correct because all those players you mentioned, where do they all end up playing most of the year? They play in the NBA. So the NBA is full of the best players in the world playing in one league. So if you're winning amongst the very best in the league, that is the world championship. I mean, we're talking about Team Germany that just won the just won gold. I mean, their best player was Dennis Schroeder. He just got the MVP. He is far away from the best player in the NBA. So I, I think I still think that the NBA championship is the world championship because that's when you're actually going against the very best of the best in the various teams. And it happens to take place in America and Canada, but that's still the world championship, in my opinion. I don't think Noel Lyles was correct at all about that. Yeah, I mean, not that I'm trying to open the floodgates of debate, but, you know, if you guys feel like yeah, it. No, just, yeah, lastly on this, I agree with Mo because we're talking about club teams and what are the what are the teams that could have won the NBA championship if – Let's say you opened it up to the world. Like, is Real Madrid or, like, you know, Chesica Moscow, CSKA Moscow, however you say it, are those teams going to beat the Nuggets in the finals? I don't think so. So no, no I don't have a problem with saying world championship because, like, the Denver Nuggets are the best – were the best team in the world last year. I'm confident in that. Um, but, yeah, so hopefully Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart, RJ Barrett, they all benefit greatly from – having played meaningful basketball, extremely meaningful basketball in September. And hopefully it just means nothing but good things for the Knicks. That's two starters and probably our sixth man. Um, I don't expect Tibbs to try to start Josh Hart like he did in the playoffs. I think that's grime spot. We'll probably right. get into that a little bit with a preview. What I do want to add, though, is I think what what this game and this tournament really calls out is, is that quote-unquote disparity between American and non-American players is close. It's it's very it's closing very very fast because a lot of the best players in the world Jokic, Giannis, uh Jamal Murray, you know, all these players are international players. And um you know, when we we're, we're talking about Team USA not having their A team, Canada didn't have their A team. I threw out Jamal Murray's name out there. Um they got Andrew Wiggins, they got a couple of players who didn't play this tournament that could have played and that would have been their A squad. So, I think well, come You're, you're Cup- saying Dylan Brooks is is part of the B team? You you're saying Dylan Brooks wouldn't be part of the A team for for Team Canada? I mean, he kind of he kind of cooked us, man. Like I I mean, he did drop 39 <laughs> points on us. You 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 might be right about it. He did he did nail a contract. This was, you know, this has been redemption period for Dylan Brooks. You hate to see it, but you kind of love to see it. But I I think if the A squad, you know, come Olympics time, they're not going to have that easy time in my yeah, I mean, at the end of the day the thing is they got so like you guys are still saying the world champion but like the thing is it's just like on a technicality but it's just the word world like you got to have other worlds like other countries playing to to make it a world championship that's my thing about it but i'm not players from around the world yeah they're not representing countries really yeah 
But I, the I'm NBA saying, championship is a world championship. It's it, semantics it's, because, like, it's semantics exactly. The right. best NBA team in the world is the best American team, unless it's the Raptors. So it's yeah, the world NBA champions. Like it's whoever. It's a technicality. It's the word yeah. of it. But you guys are definitely right. I do believe the Denver Nuggets or whoever comes out as the NBA champions will win. But like, it's also like you know, like talking about Jenner Schroeder being the MVP. Like, I don't really think it translates to like. Dennis Schroeder MVP, best player in the world. It's like saying, like, when Andre Iguodala won his finals MVP, he's the best player in the NBA. Like, a lot of the times it's just situational, but I just think the U.S. should be dominating everything and we should leave no, like, nothing, no stone should be unturned. We shouldn't be, like, there should be no room for debate. We should be dominating them in the FIBA, too. So we can be like, yeah, you guys are talking about world champions. We still are the world champions. Don't ever forget it. But it's, it's, I feel like this conversation, like, five or even ten years ago would be so different because – there's no doubt in my mind that you guys are right. But now that doubt is starting to creep up. And I feel like as time goes on, that doubt's going to keep increasing because, man, the rest of the world, they, they love basketball. And they're, I don't know, I was watching, like, uh, they did an interview with uh, Jokic about, like, oh, how do you feel about, you know, this this team giving you trouble in the stadium and this, that. He's like, yo, I played in Serbia. And then they showed, like, a little clip of, like, the Serbian fans and how they were like literally bouncing and jumping off the seats i want to see us have that a little bit of that like i want to see i know msg gets a little like you know loud and rowdy but i'm trying to see like that european soccer type of environment in a stadium where people are like bouncing ready chanting like uh it it makes the sport more fun in my opinion i feel like conversations like this are always entertaining because I don't like undebatable things. It's it's fun. You're supposed to have like you know another aspect to it. So hopefully the the U.S. can continue being the juggernaut in this industry. But I don't know, man. This this year's FIBA left a sour taste in my mouth. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm a little upset. <laughs> but to your guys's point, like it's it's great to see that at the end of this, the Knicks won because you know R.J. Barrett, Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart, these guys are being highly featured, and we've seen it before, like. These guys being part of these teams, that's how you recruit. That's how you get other people to join. So Jalen Brunson being one of the leaders of this team, that's exactly what you want to see in this situation. So at the end of this, the Knicks won. That means I won. <laughs> that's all I want to see. <laughs> no, for sure. And we got we got Josh Hart, too, who's like a walking Knicks PR board. man. I, we love that guy. I love that guy. He's a walking um, New York PR board. We should have him as like the ass. ambassador yeah. of New York right now because he's really with the Yankee braids and like I heart New York. Like he's... He's up there right now, so. For sure. So this episode is primarily going to be, or should be, an intro to Dean and who he is as a Knicks fan, how he, you know, watches the game. So Fais and I prepare some some rapid-fire questions. Dean has no idea about this. He's just going to come at him, and he's going to answer them for us, no matter what the question is. So um, Fais, I'll, I'll get us started, and then you could you could throw in your questions. So, it's not going to be an easy one. You ready, Dean? No, let's get it. All right. First question. This season, are you high or low on Julius Randle? I'm neutral on Julius Randle. High or low? Oh, you can't high do that, low. Dean. You can't do the politician <laughs> you're putting, answer. You're putting too much thought into it. It's rapid fire. High or low? Julius Randle this season. If you had to choose one. If I had to choose one, low. I think that his output will be high i think the stats will be high and he'll do a lot of good stuff and i'm sorry for the ding of the text messages i can't figure out how to do do not disturb on my laptop but uh i think the stats will look good i think he'll have some great games but i just am not a fan of the fit of randall at the four i want defense and spacing at that spot so i mean um well from a team concept 
I, I'm gonna have to agree with you, but you know, since we're doing rapid fire, we're we're gonna we're gonna pop into the next question. Um, um I want to do something a little different. I don't want to do anything about this season. I'm trying to do. What was your first Knicks game that you ever attended at Madison Square Garden? Well, that's that's a great question because that's how I became a fan. So, my second grade year, I had this teacher, Miss Cone, and she was a massive Knicks fan. Matt, that was like the early, early, early days of WNBA. She was a big WNBA fan. She had the merch all on the walls and she was a season ticket holder. And my brother and my dad liked the Knicks. Um, you know, Knicks games would be on. And this was like Allen Houston, Spreewell, those Knicks. But I was in second grade. I wasn't really into it. I was really into like WWE wrestling. And for some reason, like the show, The Real World. That's what I really like to watch on TV. Uh, <laughs> Um, but second grade, she brings us on this field trip to a Knicks game. I mean, what a field trip. So she went and sat on her really nice uh, seats down. I don't remember what section she was in, but she didn't sit with us. But she she stuck us in the nosebleeds, like, you know, 20, 22 kids from the class with a couple of parent chaperones. And I remember what I loved about the Knicks and the game. I'm pretty sure the Knicks lost by like 18. But what I loved... What I loved about being there was like hearing the music, hearing the PA announcer and just the just the environment of Madison Square Garden. I totally fell in love with it. And I've watched almost every game since then. And that was um, I think that was the oh four oh five season. Maybe I remember that Tim Thomas had a put back dunk. Like I remember I went home and I Googled the roster. I figured out who everyone was by their jersey numbers. And I just fell so in love with the Knicks that day. And then by like third grade, fourth grade, I was already reading every article I could find about the team and uh, just became obsessed. I mean, the Knicks are the only sports team really that I'm a fan of. I like soccer. I like football, but I'm a Knicks fan. Like I, I could take it or leave it with anything else. Love that. Shout out to Miss Cohen for getting Dean to where he is today. Shout out. Uh, your favorite all-time Knicks-related play? My favorite all-time Knicks-related play. I have to cheat and say two plays from the same game. Carmelo on Easter. The first three and then the overtime. Yes! Yes, Dean! Yes! That is the... Yes, yes, that's the one. The Mike Green bang on that? Let's go! Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Good pick. And then special honorary mention to when that play where Jamal Crawford turns it over and then he gets the steal by half court and then hits the three. Mm. That one was special too. Jamal Crawford, if this was going to be another rapid fire question, I'm sorry, but that's my favorite all-time Nick. I don't blame you, man. I always think about Jeff Van Gundy. Someone said, do they need a foul? And Van Gundy's like, no. (laughs) And Melo hits the three right there. Yeah. And he had two of those threes. He had Mm -hmm. two of those. The answer is always yes, foul. Like The answer is always foul. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but not for Carmelo. He said he gonna pull up on him, man. That was that was a crazy shot. Every time I remember that bang, I get chills. Anytime I'm like talking to one of my younger cousins about like Nick's moments, that's the one. That's the always the funnest highlight to play because I remember watching that with my friends, and that's the whole thing that's fun about being a Knicks fan, like being in New York. You know, especially if you're from New York, watching that with other New Yorkers and stuff, it's so entertaining. Easter, I shed game, a tear. I'll, I'll tell you right now, I shed a tear on the second one. I was so excited. I don't blame you. I don't blame because I became and, a fan of the team when they were really bad. Like, yeah, the team to go from bad to go to that. That was the first time in my fandom that they were a good basketball team. And it took how many years did it take for it to get to that point? I was like seven years, man. And yeah, I waited the first only... time that I saw a good team 
was with Mike D'Antoni as the coach with Gallinari Chandler um, with that team. So that was like a 40 and 42 team or something along those lines. Uh, and then once Amari came in, you know, that was, that was Amari and Raymond Felton. Like that was the first competent 500 ish team. And then obviously we had the 54 wins in 12, 13. All right. So um, I'm going to transition a little bit back into, I guess not this season, but you know, the, the future of, of, our current Knicks roster. Um, you know, a lot of people are talking about uh, trading for a superstar and how that would look. If uh, Dean could have his ideal superstar that we would trade the farm for, who's the name that comes to your mind? Devin Booker, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Okay. So you're looking more towards a guard instead of like a big man, like maybe like Joel Embiid or Giannis. Giannis would be the answer. I just can't even dream like that. I'm Greek. Both my parents are Greek immigrants for some background on me. Um, you know, I play basketball in the in the Giannis Freak Twos. Um, I'm all about Giannis. But Devin Booker and the CAA connection and the connection to Leon Rose, um, I think that that's, that's a reasonable target. But Embiid, like, I would totally welcome Embiid. But Giannis, Booker, and Shea are are the superstars that I think I'm into mm. if we're going to trade the farm. Well, funny you mentioned the president of the Knicks because my, my next question is, what letter grade would you give so far for Mr. Leon Rose? Maybe an A-. And I, was, I wasn't that thrilled at first because I wanted the Knicks to hire someone with pedigree as a team president like a Sam Presti, a Masai Ujiri. That's what I was hoping for. I thought that going and getting an agent GM was a little risky. Obviously, Bob Myers was the blueprint for that with the Warriors. Um, but then at the same time, you have Rob Palenka with the Lakers. I'm not, I mean, obviously the Lakers have had a good amount of success, but I think Rob Palenka is not one of the one of the better GMs slash team presidents out there made a lot of questionable decisions uh, that first year he built around LeBron very strangely without shooting. And I was a little skeptical, but as soon as we hired away Walt Perrin, the draft guru from the jazz and I'm the, the name is escaping me, but Oh, Brock Aller, who we got from uh, the Cavs organization, salary cap guru type of guy. Once those hires started being made, I realized that Leon Rose was, you know, he may not be the basketball junkie, basketball lifer obsessed type, but he has the relationships and he can get people in the door. He got Johnny Bryan onto the coaching staff. And he's tapped in. He's tapped into the NBA yeah, as a he's whole. Just, like, he's he... just tapped in. And, and I think he's got an eye for talent in the front office and uh, in empowering those guys to to make moves with the team. And the team has made a lot of savvy moves where the roster is now, where the draft pick, where the draft picks are now, I have no complaints. So A minus I'll give to Leon Rose. All right. I mean, since we're talking about Leon Rose, the front office and everything, I gotta ask, like, let's say, let's put, let's put the GM hat on Dean. I know we we had a little bit of that with the superstar trade, but right now, let's say we're not going for a superstar trade but let's say we're doing another move like something within the lines like a josh hart move what's one realistic move that you would want to see as the gm as gm dean of the knicks uh that the knicks make during the the trade deadline is there anything you'd like to see so 
I'm going to say I'm going to say no on the specific thing that I'd like to see, because without a superstar trade, I don't think there's anything that needs to be done. So to run through this nine man rotation that the Knicks are set up to have Jalen Brunson, Quentin Grimes, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, Emmanuel Quickly, Dante DiVincenzo, Josh Hart, Isaiah Hartenstein. I think that that team wins a lot of games. I think that that team fits really well. And I think there's no need right now, unless a need pops up during the season or there's any kind of injury. I don't think there's a need right now to add another rotation player. I think we should be riding with those nine. And some people might point to the lack of a true backup power forward without my favorite player in the league, Obi Toppin, uh, on the roster anymore. But Josh Hart and RJ Barrett by committee, I think can totally handle the second unit power forward spot. And I'm not worried about it. And then I'm not super high on the tandem of Jericho Sims and Isaiah Hartenstein together, but that's a that's a thing that you can do. Then I guess the Knicks have Isaiah Roby. Um, not wasn't high on his summer league, but um, he's he's produced with the Thunder. Nice and the Spurs, I think, for a little bit. Yep. So, among all those players you just listed, who will who do you believe will have the biggest leap this season? Biggest leap. I'm going with uh, Emmanuel quickly. Contract year. He gets better every year. The three is going to start falling more. It's all going to come together. I mean, remember two years ago, he wasn't getting all the way to the basket, and now he does. Uh, So the pull-up three, I think he'll be enabled to shoot more of them. I think he'll be right back in the sixth man of the year conversation. He should have won it. I don't want to get too worked up right now, but he deserved to win it. The fact that he played well as a starter, that's what's expected of a sixth man. It's not the best player who isn't good enough to start award. It's the best player who starts, what is it, 50% or uh, less than 50% of this team's games. Whatever the criteria is, like, Manuel quickly deserved to win. So, Manuel quickly, biggest leap, but also RJ Barrett right there. All right, I kind of want to go back because, I don't know, I want to pick apart the brain of, like, of, of Dean as, a, like, a Knicks fan. Like, I feel like these questions are, like, eh, you know, generic, like, oh, we're just asking about your thoughts and process of the of the current Knicks. But I feel like answers like this will tell you more about what you are as a Knicks fan. So I need to know right now, what's your favorite Knicks jersey of all time? My favorite Knicks jersey of all time is the 2004-2005 uh, I don't remember. I don't know if it was like a regular jersey or an alternate jersey, but that black, black, blue, and orange. Um, I like, like I envisioned Stefan Marbury in it. It was my Abby with, with for the a while v, with right? Stefan Marbury. When, when, when we still lines. had the, the we still had the V on the on the neckline. Those, those are the ones yeah, you're talking that about. Era and yeah, for sure. Um, I, my when I started watching the team, that's like the Knicks fashion that I was into the most. Like what they had on Eddie Curry. Um, you know, just that little bit of black mixed in. I know they they put the black back in there with these Kith collabs, and I I enjoy the Kith collabs to an extent, but sometimes I just want those jerseys back. Oh, same. Exactly. I feel like especially like Jalen Brunson in that jersey. Goddamn, I feel like that would be that'd be a sight for sore eyes, man. I, I really want to see that. For sure, Good fucking choice, man. All right, and last but not least, uh, you play basketball a lot recreationally i mean you're showing us earlier your bus he's, he's definitely the best man. best player on nickish now for sure <laughs> for I, sure <laughs> I, we we got asked it we'll, we'll check in with you right we'll check in right, with right. about that but at least at least top two top two no doubt um 
What, Yo, who, wait, by, by the way, Mills jump shot underrated. Mills got a jump shot. Too. I've seen it. That's nice true too. Mills jump right. shot kind of there. All right, you, you, me, Kunal, bottom three. Bottom for three, sure. no doubt, for sure. No for doubt, sure. no uh, doubt. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Dean, who who would you say your basketball style is the closest to as far as NBA definitely, comparison? Definitely Jamal Crawford. I spent so many hours practicing that shake and bake move in my driveway as a kid. Uh, my favorite player to watch now, aside from Obi, is Jamal Murray. So I think I just like guards that pull up off the dribble and like I really prefer to shoot off the dribble versus shoot off the catch um you know I like to I like to run pick and roll and find people uh I'm only five nine so I'm definitely you know I gotta play some point guard when I was I I went through uh went through a growth spurt real early so I was five nine in like the sixth grade and I thought I was gonna be a six foot something small forward I was like the tallest kid at school um, I thought that I really had wing size, but I didn't I didn't scrape out any more than another maybe third of an inch. So uh, as time went on, I learned how to pass the ball. You know, I had this the seven my, my coach in seventh grade, he called me Dean the Dream. And then he realized that I don't I wasn't passing the ball at all. And he started calling me Dean the Nightmare <laughs> and the black hole. So uh, I learned to pass though as time went on. <laughs> all right. So just remind me what never to guard you then if we're ever playing. <laughs> I'm not trying to get shaken baked on. I've I've pulled it off a couple of times and it's really satisfying to pull that move off. People are what the hell just happened. <laughs> All right. That that wraps up our, our rapid fire questions. I mean, obviously we're expecting to have you on more podcasts, so the listeners here will get a lot more opportunities to hear your voice and your thoughts. And then obviously make sure you follow us on Twitter because Dean will be heavily involved with our Twitter. So again, that's Nickish NYC. Uh, Faiz, any any last and final points? I mean, I just want to say I'm super excited to start this next season because I feel like not only for the Knicks, but for Knickers, this is going to be a really pivotal season in terms of, you know, growth and, and where we're going to go. And, you know, I, I feel like you guys haven't seen the smile come off my face having Dean on this pod because you're someone I've been like following on Twitter for such a long time. And it's not just about like the, the, the great thing about Dean is like it's not just factual and good information it's like entertaining and like fun information like a lot of the times the things are a lot of the times things people are saying could be really factual but it comes out as very like uh ones and zeros like very binary very boring but like dean i feel like you you got your own flavor you got your own like you know your little twisted thing so i'm so excited to be working with you man like i'm happy, i'm glad to have you on board yeah i just uh i love the medium that is twitter or now x like i love we're still calling it Twitter here, man. We're, thoughts, we're, not, yeah. we're not calling that X. <laughs> I like I wrote one article one time about it was actually at the end of Obi's rookie year, and I was saying, you know, what are the Knicks gonna do with Obi? How are they gonna maximize him? Um, I don't remember how many words that was, but I like to write in that short form and and share thoughts, you know, within the parameters of what you can share on Twitter. And you know, I've been on Twitter since eighth grade, twenty eleven. Um, so I'm glad that I have a little bit of a community on there people who engage with, you know, my favorite thing to talk about. Like it's, it's my obsession. You know, there's other things I'm really into. I love music. I love hip hop and R and B. Um, and I guess I might have some other interests. None of them come to mind. Like it's really just the Knicks. I love the Knicks and I love talking about them. Well, I have one last bonus question that I just yeah. thought of right now, because I've been wondering it for a minute because you have a ton of experience when it comes to, you know, picking out, stats and just observing plays that are pivotal and game changers so 
when you watch these Knicks games or basketball games in general, how do you find yourself watching it? Because a lot of people just sit down, they watch and they know it's a play or they'll remember stats and they might tweet about that. But do you find yourself potentially watching a little different from most people? I am glued to the game and um, I definitely... I definitely keep track of how many points every player has and like their shooting percentage in my head. Um, like I definitely don't check the box score during the game. Um, that's something that I'm able to do is just like, all right, like he just missed two in a row. That means that he's two for six. Um, I usually, I'm usually thinking about how guys are shooting during a game. And then during every commercial I'm looking at Twitter so I'm just glued to the TV or I'm on Twitter. I usually don't even move for two and a half hours. Um, I love I love the way that Twitter enhances the experience. And like I love watching everybody overreact to something when you know that a minute later the tone's gonna change. Yeah. You know. I love I love watching Nick's games and I love the community that is Nick's Twitter. Well, I, you know, since Mo gets a bonus question, I want a bonus question too. What the hell? Um, you know, going along with the theme of the NFL season, I mean, New York right now, we got the Giants and the Jets, super exciting, super hype. Dean, you got to tell me. I know you're not like necessarily a Giants or a Jets fan specifically, but you know, from the outside looking in, like, which which season are you more excited for? Do you think the Jets with Aaron Rodgers and whatnot, or the Giants building upon what they did last year? So, as a team, I would go with the Jets, but. As someone, so I'm I'm in one fantasy football league and it's a ten teamer, and with uh, I was the tenth pick and at eleven I got Saquon, nice. so I got Bijan Robinson at ten and Saquon at eleven. Okay, um, dual RB. So, okay, so I'm incredibly excited to watch Saquon now, and uh, you know the Jets as a team. I don't have any Jets on the fantasy team, but as a team, I'm excited to watch the Jets, and then always excited to watch the Giants. My family are Giants fans. I mean, those Super Bowls were incredibly fun. But I've always supported both. Like most of my friends around here on Long Island are Jets fans. So, yeah, I'm extremely excited for both of the, you know, New York teams that are in New Jersey. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I enjoy the Bills, but that's that might as well. I think I think Buffalo is closer to Cleveland than it is to New York City. So, yeah. um, listen, we'll, we're starved out here, man. We'll take what we can get. Jersey or not, we're claiming them as New York. They, they say New York on it. So I'm going with New York. <laughs> yep. There you go. Well, Dean, it was a pleasure chopping it up with you this afternoon. Um, welcome to Nickish. I'm sure everyone here listening is excited to have you on board. We're all, as Faiz mentioned so eloquently, so excited to have you as a part of the team. If um, if anyone's not familiar with you, where can they follow you? They can follow me on Twitter. It's just my name, D-E-A-N-J-O-A-N-N-O-U, Dean Joannu. And on Instagram, I don't post any basketball content, but it's the same thing there. So the Twitter is really is, is really the thing, at Dean Joannu on Twitter. Um, you know, I've been there 12 years, almost half my life now. I'm looking forward to when it's half my life. But yeah, I've just been slinging Nick's takes since the eighth grade. It's not stopping anytime soon. Y'all got to check out Dean on Twitter right now. So if you if you hear that handle, go go straight to Twitter, Elon's Twitter, and follow Dean right now. Dude, D- Dean's being real gun shy right now, man. You got that little preview going on too. I remember you recorded a little quick preview pod. Uh, Like, you know, plug that in because that was, that was a great listen. Like, I want other people to be able to hear that. Yeah, if you click on the link in my in my bio right now, it's like a Spreaker link and you can listen to that. Um, it's a trailer for like a quick hitters podcast that I'm going to do. 
that uh, hopefully I could get you guys as guests on there. Um, but I'm excited about it. It's called The Knicks Are Back. So uh, I couldn't believe that that name wasn't taken. Like I, my hands were shaking when I was looking it up because it was time to name the podcast. And I was like, there's no way there's not a podcast called The Knicks Are Back. But if there is, I couldn't find it. So it's all caps. The Knicks Are Back. And that's just going to be my quick hitter thoughts on what's going on with the team, current events. You got to tune into that, man, because love love picking apart Dean's brain, and we got to hear those thoughts as the season goes. But, man, Nickish has really failed if we didn't come up with the Knicks are back because they most definitely are back. <laughs> Last thing I want to mention, the reason that that's what it's called. So when I was uh, – I guess I was like – when the Knicks signed Amari was 2010, I was 13 years old. And I was in Midtown because my mom works in Midtown. Uh, I was just, you know, with my mom at work for the day. It was the summer and it was right after the Knicks had signed Amari Stoudemire. And, uh, you know, I'm coming from Long Island. So I was at Penn Station and coming out of Penn Station right in front of MSG, like right by the big sign. Right. There was there was this dude for he wasn't wearing Knicks stuff like he was on roller skates draped in the American flag. Um, and he was just rolling around in circles yelling, the Knicks are back. The Knicks are back. <laughs> it's because Amari had that little press conference with the suit <laughs> and the little hat. Exactly. And he was like, the exactly. Knicks are back. And this guy, like, I'm still hyped up every time I think about that. So, yeah, the Knicks are back is just the motto. No matter what's going on, like, the Knicks could sign Shane Larkin and the Knicks are back. <laughs> <laughs> he who must not be named. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> it overseas. That's Killing fucking it. funny. All right. Um, again, Dean, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Make sure you guys follow him. Make sure you guys follow Nickish at Nickish NYC on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, and uh, make sure you follow us on all podcasting platforms. Shout out to Sid. Make sure you follow him, Sid Slide Park, Mill, Mill Media, Kunal. Shout out to him. Clips of all of our shows. Love that guy. And shout out to you, Faiz. I mean, this this upcoming season is gonna be huge for Nickish. I'm so excited for everything that we we got planned ahead, and um, big things are big things are coming. So, again, appreciate you guys listening to this episode of Nickish. Until next time, take care. Peace. Peace.